0: Way back when, you know, it's funny, I, was, I actually was looking back and I actually had found the original email that you sent me saying, Hey Bob, we're thinking of doing this weekly podcast, do you want to be part of it? Uh, what, what were you thinking Went back then when you got started in this?
1: Welcome to the award-winning podcast, Lawyer to Lawyer, with J. Craig Williams and Robert Ambrosio. Bringing you the latest legal news and observations with the leading experts in the legal profession. You're listening to Legal Talk Network.
0: Welcome to Lawyer to Lawyer on the Legal Talk Network. I'm Bob Ambroji coming to you from outside of uh, Boston, Massachusetts, where I write a blog called Law Sites. And this is going to be my last episode of Lawyer to Lawyer because I'm about to embark on a new podcast or a new podcast of my own
2: called Law Next. And this is Craig Williams coming to you from Southern California. I write a legal blog called May It Please the Court. I have a couple of books out entitled The Sled and How to Get Sued. And this is not my last podcast. We'll be moving on and bringing in some guest hosts on a temporary basis until we find a permanent one after Bob's uh, retirement here. And
0: probably not your last book either. Uh, We'll probably have more of those. Well, before we start our conversation, let's take a moment to thank our sponsor, Clio. Clio's cloud-based practice management software makes it easy to manage your law firm from intake to invoice. Try it for free at clio.com. That's C-L-I-O.com. And I should say a super big thanks to Clio because they've been sponsoring our show for a long time. And uh, we've had a few other sponsors come and go over the years, but uh, I really appreciate their long-term commitment to the show.
2: They have been with us for a while. But uh, back in 2005, as you know, Bob... Not as long as we've been doing this. (laughs) (laughs) I know for sure. All the way back uh, 13 years now to 2005 when Legal Talk Network created a weekly podcast spotlighting current legal topics. We were once known as Coast to Coast, and after we got a cease and desist letter from the paranormal radio program... And an eventual name change, we changed into Lawyer to Lawyer and became the longest running legal podcast. This month, we're celebrating 13 years of podcasting.
0: Yeah, not even just this month. I think it was 13 years ago this week that we recorded our first episode. It was 13 years ago this week that our first episode came out. Uh, This is the last week, uh, where are we? The last week of August here. It was, I think, almost almost to the day, 13 years ago, that our first episode came out, so I don't remember exactly when we recorded it, but uh, back then, podcasting was a pretty new thing. A lot of people didn't know what to make of it. Some weren't sure if it was just a flash in the pan or the latest craze. Uh, and really over the years, we've kind of seen a couple of cycles of that. There was another another period of time when podcasting was really hot and, and then it kind of died out for a while. We kept at it. And uh, right now it seems like podcasts are everywhere. According to uh, Edison Research 2018 podcast statistics, 6 million more Americans listen to podcasts this year versus Last year, that's a impressive 64% of Americans have heard of podcasts and more than twice as many Americans listen to podcasts weekly versus watching Sunday night football. So I think what that's saying, Craig, is that you and I are bigger than Tom Brady.
2: That may be so, but you be careful there. He's a fellow patriot. <laughs> well, from current events like the Me Too movement and the Trump-Kim summit to the legalities behind gerrymandering and, and the presidential pardon power— Lawyer to Lawyer has virtually left no stone unturned when it comes to legal topics. Today on Lawyer to Lawyer, though, we're going to discuss what we've learned about podcasting after 13 years, where we began the art of podcasting, and take a look at how far podcasting has come and perhaps where it's going, especially with Bob taking off and starting a new venture.
0: Yeah. So as I said, I am. I'm about to. I have already actually started. I think I've got six episodes up so far of a, a, a podcast uh, on. Uh, Focusing on innovation and entrepreneurship, the people who are kind of driving what's next in law. I call it Law Next. And uh, it's interesting that because we've been doing this for 13 years, we have done it always through the Legal Talk Network. The Legal Talk Network has changed dramatically since those early years in that uh, we were really their, their first regular podcast. They'd done a few other kind of one-off uh, episodes here and there, but we were their first podcast, regular podcast way back then. Kate Nutting, who to this day is our producer, has been the producer of the show since, uh, what, just a couple of months in from after we started. So she's been with us for this whole ride, but the company itself has changed hands. They've become a lot more sophisticated, uh, perhaps, about all of this. So, uh, I don't know. I correct way back when. You know, it's funny. I was, I actually was looking back and I actually had found the original email that you sent me saying, Hey, Bob, we're thinking of doing this weekly podcast. You want to be part of it. What were you thinking back then when you got started in this?
2: Well, you know, blogging was still relatively new. And I saw it as something that was going to take off, especially with the opportunity for lawyers to be able to write and express their opinion. It's the book came out about the internet has made the world flat and i really think that's so i mean the podcasting has taken it taken the written word a step further into the spoken word for a while we've i think we toyed with the idea of becoming a video podcast but that just never really seemed to come into fruition and and there didn't seem to be much of a call for it i think that it gave you know back in 2005 i saw it as i think it's cuz mean- somebody
0: saw a picture of me and decided it would be better <laughs> if we don't do that but
2: well that was we weren't going to say that <laughs> But I saw it as a means of marketing, uh, especially for lawyers and a way to get uh, a little bit of, you know, notoriety in this legal world. And, you know, I don't know what kind of legal business has developed out of it for you or for me, but it certainly has been an enjoyable and really a learning experience for me to be able to listen to so many experts in so many different fields on so many different topics. It's fulfilled my fantasies of diving deeper into what you read in the newspapers and online.
0: So you started it thinking it was gonna be a marketing thing, but you, you don't really know, is that what you're saying? Whether it really ever produced any marketing effect on your practice.
2: Well, I think that in large part, my community has become bigger because of it. You know, Certainly practicing in Orange County in California and in throughout the state. It's gotten me some cases out of the state, so I, I guess that that's a, a thing. But I, I looked at it as more of a a continuation of what I'd started in high school. Uh, working on a TV station and a radio station, and just kind of continuing in that communication field, and it's it's been great. You know, it's kept up my interest in radio broadcasting. It's uh, you know, I'm still wearing headphones and I still got a microphone in front of me, like I like I started in ninth grade, and that's been just a blast. Um, I really enjoyed that part of it.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. I I did not. Marketing wasn't a big part of it for me originally when we started. It was really kind of just an experiment to see what it was like because I was hearing about podcasting and you and I were both blogging then. I think we were both blogging on the old law.com network at that point, right? Uh, and uh, we thought we might even get uh, ALM or law.com involved in some way. And I guess they sort of were involved a little bit for a while. But for me, it was, you know, I never certainly never thought we'd be doing it 13 years later. It was kind of an experiment, uh, play with it for a while, see what it was like. but like you say, it probably the most rewarding part of it has been engaging in these conversations over the years, both during the podcast, but also some of the conversations that it gives rise to. You know, offline in a sense, whether whether on other social media or even you know just people you meet uh, and run into at trade shows or whatever, who say, "Hey, I listen to your podcast, and that show you did on such and such was really interesting." But here's what I think: you know, we've had a lot of amazing people uh, on this show over the years, and uh, it's it's really been for me the the greatest learning experience. Is is sort of underscored the idea that you know in some way it w- goes back to the old internet saw that marketing is a conversation. And if you're engaged with people, if you're engaged in the conversation, then you are going to raise your own profile. Uh, You're going to. Yeah, that's exactly what I meant. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. Yeah.
2: that that's exactly what I meant. Not in the sense of like, you know, someone's going to listen to me on the radio and then all of a sudden hire me because they like my voice or what I said. It's more of that you get the exposure on a much wider basis through podcasting than you would otherwise.
0: Yeah, you do have a very nice voice, though. I will say that. Well,
2: thank you. (laughs) <laughs> so do you. It's been fun to listen to you. But. It's, been, it's so, been fun to do. You know, there's a one of the questions, in, and this is, you know, we're going to give it up here, that, that Kate Nutting has always been preparing scripts for us to follow uh, and giving us uh, the intros and the outtakes and then the interview bullets. And one of her interview bullets on this one is what we learned about how to make a podcast better. So what are your thoughts on that, Bob? You know, beyond I, the technical stuff that we did, right. we just done recently with Legal Talk,
0: Right. You know, the technical part is part of it. And it's funny because, as you know, I, I've I've probably uh, sometimes complained that uh, some of our uh, producers and engineers have been too perfectionist that they would, you know, kind of sometimes say, hey, it's just a podcast. We don't have to be perfect. But I, I can't tell you how many times I've heard from listeners or, or people I meet who say they really appreciate just the overall production quality uh, of this show that we've achieved by working with the Legal Talk Network. I mean, they really do do a good job, and and that makes it more listenable, and uh, that makes a big difference. But uh, beyond that, you know, for us, there's so many different formats. I almost have to give like a lawyer's "it depends" answer because there can be different formats of of podcasts. I was just listening to say uh, uh, Ernie Svensson just launched a podcast recently, kind of giving marketing tips, and he's just doing real short episodes, uh, no more than ten minutes an episode. Uh, he kind of just it's just him talking, there's no guests or anything that works for him. What's worked for us is having really interesting people on to talk to uh, about timely issues and uh, you know the best shows are the ones where we get to uh, strongly divergent points uh, of view and where those people who have those points of view are, are well versed and can make uh, cogent and interesting and passionate arguments for their positions. How about you? <laughs>
2: we've had some people that just talk over each other and argue with each other, and it just—I've listened to the podcast afterwards, and I marvel at how how good our engineers are at being able to segregate that stuff out. I mean, realistically, we record on separate tracks. Each individual on the radio, each guest, and you and I are all recorded. So potentially there are four tracks running at separate times. Um, we've got very good equipment. I have this lovely little thing called a cough drop that I've used since the beginning. And it's a if I decide that I need to cough or that there's noise outside, I can push the button and nobody can nobody hears my microphone just cut out. But it's a it's a wonderful piece of equipment. Mm-hmm. And we're connected by computers. We use Skype uh, to conduct these and I have a, a Sure microphone and headphones, a nice pair of headphones from Sennheiser. And we do this through our computers. So it's, it's. I'm sitting in my office, in my home office, looking out over the mountains and enjoying the view. And, you know, it's a really neat little trick to be able to uh, to do that. But I think I have to compliment the Legal Talk Network, the current, the new version of it, not the one that we started with uh, Lou Ann and Reeb and Scott Hess, but uh, with Adam Cameras and the crew that's on as our producers and engineers now. They've really worked hard at making sure that our equipment is clean and the microphones are good and we we do tests before each one of the podcasts that our listeners don't hear we're on you know five minutes or ten minutes or so before the podcast begins and we're doing sound checks with not only the two hosts each week each time or each bi-weekly I guess and uh, when we do our new podcast we do sound checks and then we do sound checks with the individual listeners so each person gets Sound quality checked. And I think that that attention to detail really turns into a great quality podcast. And it's this difference is very obvious in listening to uh, other podcasts, especially other legal podcasts. There are no, it was, I think that ours is one of the best quality in terms of sound quality that our engineers put out. You've just touched on my
0: greatest regret about the show, which is at the beginning of every show, we have guests on. And as you just said, and we do the sound check. And as part of the sound check, we always ask them, what did you have for breakfast? <laughs> and I'm kicking myself that for the last 13 years, I haven't kept a log of this because I, th- I think it would really be fascinating to have a little a little uh, document, uh, put it up on a blog post, I don't know, even a little book of what famous, lo- <laughs> what famous lawyers have, have had for breakfast over the years. Uh, because uh, we've had some some well-known people on here, and everybody answers that question. A lot of people don't have breakfast, but... Uh,
2: coffee uh, is, I think, coffee. the most standard coffee. response. Yeah. Coffee. Yeah. coffee fuels it. Yeah. So th- you've talked about Ernie's 10-minute podcast uh, and our 30-minute podcast, because we've had that standard since we started, uh, where we do a half-an-hour show. Uh, we're sometimes a little bit over and sometimes a little bit under, but on the average, I think we hit that. I have to apologize. I haven't listened to your new podcast, but how long is it? Well, it's kind of funny because
0: in thinking about my new podcast, I I thought I wanted it to be a little bit less than 30 minutes. We typically run 30 minutes with this show, and I've always thought it's just a little bit long. Maybe 20 to 25 minutes would be a sweet spot. But what I'm finding is when you get a really interesting person on and uh, you start talking to them that 20 to 25 minutes is, is tight and 30 minutes feels about right. I listen to a lot of podcasts. I listen to a lot of podcasts outside of law, and you know some of these people who are very popular podcasters I have shows that sometimes go on for uh, ninety minutes, two hours. Sometimes, you know, I think lawyers, given that our target audience is legal professionals, I don't think they have a lot of time to be uh, they don't that much time anyway to devote to, to listening to a show, but. So far, at my other one, I've gone everywhere from 20 minutes up to f- 50 minutes, which I didn't intend, but the guest was just so darn interesting, I couldn't shut her up.
2: So. <laughs> well, I th- yeah, I think the, you know, obviously the best length is the length that a listener can tolerate listening to. So, yeah. You know, if, yeah. If you stay within what a, what a, and I think the reason that we went to 30 minutes in the very beginning was that we kind of looked at the time about what the average commute was. And that was around 30 minutes. So we figured that if 30 to 45 minutes, we figured that if we got in that sweet spot of 30 minutes, then, you know, you get on the train, settle down or throw on your headphones or, you know, get in the car, whatever it is that your method of commute is. And you've got time to listen to our podcast.
0: Yeah. So should we do one of those breaks we're supposed to do every so often?
2: Well, 15 minutes in, but I'm waiting for somebody to send me one of those messages on uh, Skype That kind of talks in the background where we get to talk to each other and sometimes you might hear typing in our podcast and typically that what's going on is that one and I'm you just kind of see me looking over at one of my other screens right now I'm looking to see if Kate's typing anything but she's not so I guess I'll let me ask you the question the next question which is what's the best frequency and I'm not really sure what that word means in the respect to a for a podcast but um, I think frequency means with with how often should should it be weekly? Should it be monthly? Uh, yeah, I was thinking more of AM, FM, and <laughs> yeah, you know XM. It. No, but I mean seriously, what when you think of and let's go beyond just the question of the timing of it. You know, is it every two weeks or whatever? But let me ask that question from the standpoint: What's the best method of delivery? I mean, you know, do you think that us being on iTunes and uh, in the Google Music and whatnot or whatever, wherever we are. Uh, is the right place for us to be, and where is your podcast available?
0: Well, it's the best place to be is everywhere with a podcast. I mean, there are a large number of podcast players out there. Ultimately, they're all generally picking up the same RSS feed and, and putting them out through different players. So you don't lose anything. You only gain listeners by having your podcast on as many players as as you can. I mean, my current favorite player on my iPhone is this little app called Overcast, because it has a cool couple of little features that let you, uh, one of the cool features it has is, is you can set it to automatically eliminate any spaces between words so it's or, or between sentences so it plays a show more quickly <laughs> um, it, it sort of automatically edits out any of the quiet moments or sound free moments and it gets you through the show a little bit more quickly and of course you can adjust the speed as well but but yeah I mean you want to be all over the place uh,
2: so hey Bob did you see Kate's message that you have to interrupt yourself so that we can do the commercial?
0: uh All right. That's your head. There you go. Tip to you. Well, before we move on to our next segment, we're going to take a quick break to hear a message from our sponsor. Imagine what you could do with an extra eight hours per week. That's how much time legal professionals save with Clio, the world's leading practice management software. With intuitive time tracking, billing, and matter management, Clio streamlines everything you do to run your practice from intake to invoice. Try Clio for free and get a 10% discount for your first six months when you sign up at their website, clio.com, that's C-L-I-O.com, with the code L2L10, that's L2L, the number 10.
2: And welcome back to Lawyer to Lawyer. I'm Craig Williams, and with me is Bob Ambroji on his last Lawyer to Lawyer podcast. And we are discussing what Bob and I have learned about podcasting after 13 years, and hopefully I'm asking you more questions than you're asking me, because I'll be here well, for a while. Well, but nobody's going to ask you. <laughs> Is your new podcast with anybody, with a group, or are you on your own? It's the Ambroji Talk Network. So what's <laughs> No,
0: the, it's what? just me. It's just me. I've actually enlisted my my son, who's got some uh, audio engineering uh, experience, uh, to work with me on it. But we're doing it on our own. That's really part of the reason I wanted to do it. It's while it's been great working with the Legal Talk Network. I, you know, they do all the dirty work. They do all the hard work. As you said, Kate does all the producing work. She helps us line up the guests. She outlines a script. They then go in and do all the sound editing and all of that. And they've figured out the technology we need and the platforms we need. And I kind of wanted to get my hands dirty a little bit with it and f- f- see what it was like to just do it myself uh, and uh, get get a little that much more familiar with the whole, with the medium and the technology that drives the medium.
2: And when you have a deep network yourself to draw from, I mean, many times you've suggested guests for our podcasts and Kate's gone and, you know, got some of those folks. With yeah, your, yeah, we've done a little work
0: over the years, but she still
2: does most of it. Right. <laughs> so if you're the average lawyer, I mean, you're, you're the guy sitting in the car, you're the lawyer sitting in the car right now or train or bus or whatever methodology is there or running or walking, listening to this podcast, why would that lawyer want to take up podcasting? What, are the, what do you see as the benefits of it? And why would lawyers want to do it? And then we can talk about how.
0: Well, again, I think the the benefit is what we were talking about earlier. It's it's about that. Well, it it's two things. It's it's one is it's it's engaging in that conversation, and that can mean any number of things. But it's the same as blogging. It's the same as being on social media. It's it's a way of engaging uh, with an audience of with listeners. Uh, It's also you know for lawyers, it is certainly a way to demonstrate uh, your knowledge and expertise in a particular area and to uh, reach both, you know, potential clients and and existing clients with information that should be helpful to them. So, you know, it's very good. It's a a good marketing tool. I don't don't know. I'm I'm undecided on whether it's, I, I don't think it's as effective a marketing tool as, say, blogging. Uh, I think you can much more quickly get a much bigger reach through a blog. It's a lot of work getting a a podcast out to an audience. Uh, You know, We've been very lucky with this podcast because we've been doing it a long time. And when we started doing it, there weren't a lot of podcasts out there. So uh, it was probably a little easier for us to build up reach. And the Legal Talk Network has told us uh, over the years that we're Either their top or or always in among their top downloaded shows. Uh, And uh, and that's taken a while to get to that. And uh, so for a lawyer launching a podcast, probably one of the biggest challenges is going to be that. It's going to be building up an audience and getting people to listen to it.
2: So uh, who do you see as our competitors and what do you listen to?
0: Well, I mean, it's funny, again, just since we've uh, since I've launched my own podcast and you know, I, I don't know if it's that, that, that syndrome of you know you, you go out and buy a, a Volkswagen and suddenly you're seeing Volkswagens everywhere you turn. But uh, there has been a surge of people starting podcasts lately and a lot of really good ones out there. I, I'm not sure even where I'd start to, to go down the list. But, I mean, you know, the Legal Talk Network itself has always had a lot of good podcasts, but there are a number of them launching in, in the legal area. I happen to like the three geeks in a law blog. Guys have been doing. They've got a long-standing blog, and and they've recently started a podcast uh, that I really like. So I don't know How about you. What do you what are you listening to?
2: Oh, I'm pretty much up and down the legal talk network. I'm I'm solely listening to the ones that are on our group. Yeah, mostly Tom Mile, I would say. Yeah.
0: I listen to a lot of non-law podcasts, and as a matter of fact, I I probably listen to a lot more non-law podcasts than I do legal podcasts, and probably just because a lot of the times when I'm listening to podcasts, it's when I'm exercising or driving or something, and I kind of want more of a brain break from legal stuff. So, you know, that's what I find myself doing.
2: So what would you say is your takeaway from your time here?
0: Uh... Wow.
2: <laughs> you know, I mean, the, the
0: takeaway ultimately ends up being the people, uh, you know, as with kind of anything uh, in life. I mean, you know, you mentioned the, the people who originally started the uh, Legal Talk Network, uh, louis Ann Reeve and Scott Hess. And uh, although it's it was a few years ago that they sold off the company, you know, they've, Become lifelong friends. And and of course, Kate, who we mentioned, uh, is Kate's not just a producer. She's part of our, it's like a family. It's a family. You know? yeah, it's a family. Exactly. And since the uh, current team of uh, the, the, the company Logical, and, and which is actually the company that owns the Legal Talk Network, uh, I mean, all the folks there from uh, Adam Cameras is the CEO and Trent Carlisle is the CTO and our, uh, Ace executive producer Lawrence Coletti, uh, you know, it's the same thing. I mean, the, the, the kind of friendships we've had out of this and and some of the guests we've had over the years have, you know, sort of become friends and and uh, uh, return guests. Uh, you know, uh, Lawrence Savell, who went to the trouble of creating a song for us at some point, the, the lawyer who likes to sort of has a recording studio in his house and used to put out Holiday albums every year, and we'd have him on every year at holiday time to play his, his latest holiday hits album. But he actually went to the trouble of creating a little theme song for us, which we haven't used, but it's a wonderful little song.
2: Yeah, Stephen Kaplan is a friend of mine from Newport Beach or from Laguna Beach, and yeah. uh, he's been on a number of years to do predictions for us. That was a lot of fun. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I sat down. This is a, a little bit, uh, I don't know, obsessive compulsive of me or something. But I try, I was trying to figure out exactly how many episodes we did of this show. And I've, my number is, and I may be a little off on this, but I've got 586 episodes over the years. That's uh, a lot. That's a lot. And uh, they were uh, a lot of good people on the
2: show over the years. A lot of good stuff. Let's draw so. from that. What's your favorite, you know, moment? Out of all of those 586 podcasts that we've been doing together, not all of them you and I have done together. Some of them no. you've done independently, and I've done independently as our schedules have gotten in the way, which has been an interesting kind of thing to uh, to watch the show go through. But what's your favorite your favorite memory?
0: My favorite memory, and unfortunately you were not there for this one, Craig was the show we did live in Denver, Colorado at the Legal Talk Network studio, which happens to be adjacent to a brewery. Uh, And uh, there's a, a group of people, a group of lawyers out in Denver who do their own podcast called FOSS plus beer, FOSS standing for free and open source software. And every episode of their podcast, they talk about the law around open source software. And they also talk about craft beer. <laughs> and they uh, make a point of making sure they consume craft beer during their show. So were, were you drinking uh, while podcasting? So, well, we were not only drinking while podcasting, but we were drinking in advance of podcasting. Uh, at, we all got a big table. Uh, Lawrence uh was there uh, setting up uh, microphones uh, all around the table, and we had their crew there. We had pretty much uh, a whole bunch of the uh, Legal Talk Network crew there. We invited the uh, brewmaster over to join us at some point, and I think by the time uh, we hit that record button, uh, we had already consumed a few beers, and uh, it it made for a very fun conversation.
2: That's great. I'll have to go back and listen to that one. (laughs) What, and one of I our did. one
0: of our guests on that show was Boops the Beer Man. B O O P S. No, nope, B O U P S. Boops the Beer Man. Boops I'm, the
2: Beer Man. Never quite figured out exactly who he was. <laughs> How about you? I you know pretty much the same thing, uh, but even longer back, farther back than that. I went to the Legal Talk Network studio in Norwalk, outside of Boston, Massachusetts. Mm. Norwood. Norwood, right? Norwood. And uh, right next to the airport. And sat down in the studio and was just amazed at the level of the and the quality of the equipment that Scott and Luann had for recording. Having worked in radio for a number of years myself, I could appreciate it. And it was wonderful to sit down and do a show in the studio, uh, although I don't think that there was any drinking involved. I'll have to reconsider that one the next time I get to Denver.
0: Yeah, if you go to Denver, yeah. I
2: I love to ski, so I'm going to make it a point, I guess. So I'm supposed to give you my favorite Bob moment, Um, and I will tell you that I've thought long and hard about this. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So be ready, because I've had a couple of days to ruminate on on this script, and Kate and I have exchanged some emails about it. But I would have to say that My favorite Bob moment is kind of a continuous one. And I've commented to you about it frequently when we've been off air or, you know, before or after the show. I enjoy your style of questioning. I know that you're one of your uh, credentials is that you were the editor of the National Law Journal, and you don't get to that position not having slugged it out in a newsroom and understanding uh, what it is you're asking and I, have, I share somewhat of a similar background from and understand that kind of a concept. But one of the things I love about having you in the shows and listening to you is that you ask the most precise questions and and the questions like I want to know the answers to. Because you're asking the newspaper style question. And every time you ask those questions, I kind of have this image of something out of uh, Robert Redford's journalist movies, you know, where you're sitting there in the in the newsroom and, you know, a bunch of reporters are around you and you're handing out assignments and you're, you're looking at the people going, now, oh, make sure you ask these questions because this is what people want to know. And as I listen to you ask your questions, you know, the who, what, why, how, when, and establish basically the lead of the story, um, L.E.D your style of questioning is really enjoyable. And and I have enjoyed that throughout the years. And it's probably one of my favorite parts of the show.
0: Well, that's funny that you say that because I, I mean, I would say the same thing about you. It's funny because one of the debates I've always had in my own mind is whether the two host format versus the one host format is better. And I'll concede that there have been times when, when you've asked a question that, it kind of irritated me. It's like, why in the world is he asking that question? Because it's, it seemed you know almost off kilter or something to where I thought the conversation was going. And then I'd hear the answer, and then I'd realize that it was brilliant. That what you asked, and and it's a big part of what made I think what made the show interesting is that. You know, I think our questioning styles were not always perfectly in balance. And, and that's what what kept the show interesting all the time. That if it was one person asking the questions, then you get a certain... Uh, monotony to it. (laughs) And and if you've got two persons asking the questions, two people asking the questions, then you never quite know where it's going to go. And uh, I don't know, you don't know, and the guests don't know. And it keeps everybody on their toes a little bit and makes it a lot more interesting, I think. And you've always had that sort of... uh, you know, if you say that I had a sort of a journalistic approach to it, you always had the sort of trial lawyer approach to it. I, I felt like I, I sometimes felt like uh, there was a cross examination going on here on the other end of the uh, Skype line. And I'm sure that some of the guests felt that way for sure, that they were on the hot seat at times. And uh, so that was, that was that's, uh, you know, it, it's great that we, we uh, kind of both uh, appreciated each other's styles of questioning over the
2: years. We have very distinct styles. Yeah. And mine are mine are a lot more curveballs. So, yep. Um, that that you don't really are thinking of at the time. Yep. So yeah. So what's next for lawyer to lawyer? Are you gonna reveal the next steps for lawyer to lawyer? I think Bob I Bowler might have Mueller gave it away says. in the introduction, but uh, yeah. we've talked at the highest levels of the legal taught network with the powers that be and we think we Trump, we're Trump Mueller. You c- <laughs> have have consulted with them. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so we're going to continue on. Uh, we're going to bring on a series of guests hosts for a period of time and, and uh, kind of ask our listeners to get involved and help us choose and uh, vote, maybe, or at least kind of see where the synergies lie. And then after a period of time, we'll pick a co-host and off we go into the wild blue yonder. I, we're going to change some of the format of the show. I think we're going to add kind of a I'm going to say a call a friend option kind of thing where we're going to have one or two, maybe three go-to guests. And then you probably are going to know who they are. We'll probably talk to people like Erwin Chemerinsky and John Eastman. It's just kind of like two-thirds of the way into the discussion. We'll probably get somebody on the phone and say, look, here's the current discussion. This is what we're talking about. Give us a quick thought and Drop a hand grenade into the conversation and then finish out the podcast with the third party input, but a very brief input so that we get kind of, uh, you know, go for a lifeline kind of thing, like in the cash cab where you can roll down the window and ask somebody on the street, what's your thought? And throw the conversation in a different direction and bring something into it that hadn't been thought of or brought in before, because, you know, our guests have, as you have very rightly pointed out, been the leaders in their industry. And we have brilliant people, uh, brilliant jurists, brilliant attorneys, and those are resources that uh, we don't really want to lose. So we're going to try and tap into that a little bit more. So it's sort
0: of like when Regis Philbin left and and Kelly Ripa had to try out co-hosts for a while.
2: We were thinking Ryan Sequest, (laughs) and um, you know he was busy. And then we tried uh, Michael Strahan, but he's got way too much going on. Um, so we're going to be looking around and, and, uh, calling up some friends and taking tapes of people that want to try out. I say tapes, but nowadays it's give us a voice recording on your phone and let us know because we're out there taking a look. And Bob, do you have any cool. suggestions? Maybe I may have to throw that one to you. Who would you see as your replacement? Uh, uh, I
0: don't know. I don't have any suggestions. I think I did actually suggest a couple of people to uh, Adam uh, at, at some point. Adam and Lawrence at some point, but uh, I forget Excellent. who I said.
2: All right. Well, we'll keep those under wraps. But if if for I now. think of
0: anybody, I'll let you know. Great.
2: Well, anyway, and we'll finish up with uh, what's yeah, next for you. You know, the other you? funny thing. Just one other funny note. I, I just think it's kind of funny
0: that that over the thirteen years that we've been doing this show together, how many times have we ever actually physically met each other? Two or three. Once. Two or three times. Once or two,
2: maybe. Once or two or three times. Yeah. I mean I I know who you are because I've (laughs) seen you. And having been, you know, born and raised in Massachusetts myself, I kind of understand part of the way you think. Um based on you know geography. Yeah. Uh, but um I think cold. Yeah, we we haven't met that much.
0: So I'm gonna be out in LA and uh
2: next month, so let's have a drink. Yep. Well let's have a drink. Maybe we'll do a podcast again. Sounds good. Drinking while podcasting. Yeah. That sounds like a fun title. Anyway, let's go on to what's next for Bob. Uh, this is your opportunity to plug Law Next, where our listeners can find it and enjoy you on your own doing your podcasts. And uh, so lay it out there.
0: Yeah. So uh, Law Next, It's, it's uh, you can find it at lawnext.com. You can find it in the... Uh, Apple Podcast Store. You can find that over at my blog, lawsitesblog.com. Just Google it, Law Next. I've got the podcast, I've got the domain name, and uh, it's out there. You can find it.
2: Well, let us know if you get a cease and desist letter. <laughs> I <It> will. <laughs> All right. Well, Bob, it's been fun. Uh, it's been a great 13 years. I look forward to, like you say, remaining lifelong friends. This is a uh, growing big ever-changing family on this on the legal talk network and especially on uh, lawyer to lawyer and I've loved doing podcasts with you and I, I I'm sure it's over 500 that we've done together and uh, I really do want to thank you for being a big such a big part of it
0: yeah well thank you thank you for uh, getting me involved in the first place way back when and it's been a real uh, pleasure to get to know you and uh, a real uh, honor to be part of all the folks uh, behind the scenes and, and uh, in front of the mic at, at the Legal Talk Network. So uh, I'll miss you all.
2: Yeah. And I'm really glad that we're going out best of friends instead of having the kind of drama that goes on in the, in the entertainment industry. <laughs> Although I'm, I'm still looking for my Hollywood star. Yeah. Yeah. Keep looking. Yeah, I know. Never going to happen. Anyway, so Bob, you get the last word. Here you go. All right. That
0: brings us to the end of the show. If you like what you heard today, please rate Craig in the Apple Podcasts. And you can also visit Craig at the Legaltalknetwork.com where you can leave a comment on today's show and sign up for Craig's newsletter, not our newsletter. And this is Bob Ambroji signing off for the last time. Thanks for listening. Don't join me next time, but join Craig next time for another great legal topic. When you want legal, think lawyer to lawyer. Thanks, Bob. Yeah, you too.
1: Thanks for listening to Lawyer to Lawyer, produced by the broadcast professionals at Legal Talk Network. Join J. Craig Williams and Robert Ambrosi for their next podcast covering the latest legal topic.
0: Welcome to Lawyer to Lawyer on the Legal Talk Network. This is Bob Ambrogi from Massachusetts, where I write a blog called Law Sites, and <laughs> that's all I do. And this, and and, uh, and that's all I do now. This is and this is my. Should we start that over again, or should we just keep this all in here? It doesn't matter.
2: <laughs> oh my god!
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think we should just keep this. <sighs>